RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. And I got a lot of things to touch base on today. Uh, You know, this is an NFL football type of podcast. Uh, It's Buccaneer-centric, but we do talk about some other things going on in the NFL. I mean, there's not a whole lot of transactions going on right now. Uh, I mean, this is rest time, pretty much, for the NFL. The NFL doesn't have much downtime as an organization. You know, when the season's over... You know, the players go home, but the organization has to be ramped up in, you know, full speed with the combine, with free agency, with a lot of different things. There's a lot of things going on behind closed doors. So this is really the most quiet time in the NFL right now when everybody leaves the mini camps and a little bit of time that you have before training camp. That's probably the only time that coaches, general managers, a lot of front office people take their vacation time. And they head out and they go out and do what they want to do. So hopefully those guys enjoy themselves right now because once the end of July comes up, everybody ramps it up and then you keep rolling until the end of the football season. And it's a long, long trek. That's for sure. Now, some of the things happening around this league, uh, Alex Smith, you saw that gruesome injury last year with Alex Smith. He says he plans on playing again. Alex Smith's been in the league a long time, I think 15 years. And I hope he gets a chance to come back and play. But... Once your foot's on backwards, it ain't up to you whether you play or not, okay? You're, everybody heals differently, and just because you can walk or run doesn't mean you should be out on the football field. So hopefully, you know, Alex Smith's people, you know, do the right thing. Don't put him out there and jeopardize anybody's future. You know, you even thought what happened with Joe Theismann. He came back and played. Uh, there was Robert Edwards, I believe, from the Dolphins. His foot was on backwards at that um, volleyball tournament, I think, with the Pro Bowl. He came back and played. Not all that great, but came back. Um, I hope to see Alex Smith back. I really do. But when you see somebody go down like that, it's, you don't see them come back that way too often. Now, it's off season, and we talked about our Buccaneers, and they still have to get some of their draft picks uh, you know, signed, uh, obviously the first round of Devin White's the most important. Um, I like every year when somebody sees, they go, Mike Evans restructured his contract. That was so nice of him. Okay. First of all, I'm, I'm a Mike Evans fan, but let me straighten something out for you guys. All right. It's not. It's some, if, if you're ma- if you are making a million dollars a year and somebody says to you, Hey, John, uh, you're about to make a million. Let me give you a half a million in advance. Would you not want that money? So, I mean, anybody does money in hand is better, right? If you're owed a million and somebody gives you a million in advance, you're, the money's working for you. So when somebody restructures their contract, they're not making any sacrifices. That is a no brainer. If somebody wants to give you four, I think it was $4 million. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, we know you're making 15 million base this year, but we're going to give you 4 million now. Oh, please don't do that. I mean, come on. He didn't sacrifice anything. It helps the team out, but I like when people kind of act like a player is sacrificing when they restructure their contract. The players are always in the driver's seat when restructuring contracts and the players always get the best of it, period, because they're helping the team. 
they're not going to get screwed if they're helping the team out. Because the guys that you see restructuring contracts are the guys who will never, ever, ever get cut. And those are the guys who we don't, we know Mike Evans is making the team, right? So then he's, once again, not sacrificing and the team's not taking any chances. They're just alleviating and they're freeing up some cap space and that's it. Now, you know, I've been pretty critical of the Buccaneers here as of late and not overly critical. I think very just. Um, you know, and I'm reading around some of these publications and I hope to hell Bruce Arians is as good as everybody says he is because I'm hearing this from some former players, um, some coaches, some people around in the know. Like they really believe that, you know, Bruce Arians is going to turn this thing around immediately. He's done it before. Um, I, I hope everybody's right because I would just like to compete. You know, 5 and 11, two years in a row. There was a couple glimpses of, you know, maybe we were good enough early with Fitzpatrick uh, last year, and it, it just it went away real quick. There's certain things we did very poorly throughout the years. But, you know, when you look at a pro football weekly and a bunch of other publications and looking and seeing what they're writing, you know, there's some people out there that really are looking for a huge year from Jameis. Now, Jameis put up some pretty damn big numbers last year and the year before. Uh, he has to stop acting an ass, obviously, and getting suspended. He don't, He got about one more of those left in him. But it's not about the yards. It's about the, the choices. He's still throwing too many interceptions. He knows that. Everybody knows that. But they're looking for huge years, breakout-type years from Jameis Winston, hopefully under the tutelage of Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians. The, and the other names that are coming up are Vita V, who I believe is going to have a great year. Okay, Once Vita V gets a whole training camp under, because I, I believe he got hurt even without pads, if I'm not even mistaken. He, he didn't even have pads on. And he really didn't practice until after training camp. But uh, training camp hardens you. It hardens you and gets you calloused for a long football season. And he, he still has a lot to learn. And you learn from practice. On a football field in the, in the NFL game is not a place to learn. And that's where he had to learn. And you remember at the beginning where he looked completely lost? And probably the last six games of the season, he was one of our better football players on defense or just period. Uh, he, he, he wreaked substantially more havoc than Gerald McCoy. And I'm going to bring up Gerald McCoy here in a little bit. Don't worry. V to V. Also, O.J. Howard is another name. Now, I'm on the fence with O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard at times looks like one of the most talented tight ends in, in the league. Not enough, though. And I don't know if I should blame that on an organization or Jameis or O.J. Howard. It just, he'll make amazing catches. But then I'm thinking, why are we not getting more O.J. Howard? Why isn't O.J. Howard catching 10, 12 balls a game like a Kelsey's and some of these other guys? He has the ability. I mean, is, is it not in the game plan? So if O.J. Howard balls out this year and Jameis Winston balls out this year and Vita V plays up to his potential, Tell you, it's 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 gonna be interesting, and you can't just win with those three players. I understand, you win and lose in the trenches, and I hope we've improved in the trenches. Listen, the manpower and the personnel is gonna be right about the same. 
There's not going to be a lot of changes. So it's going to be about coaching. It's going to be about uh, schemes. It's going to be about our defense stopping some damn buddy when it's when it matters. Because our defense didn't stop a swinging dilly last year when it mattered. Not one time in any game. Not once. It was pitiful. And that definitely has to change. Now, if you look at the trends and listen to this, I mean, sometimes you have to omit some teams and maybe the Buccaneers are a team that you should omit, kind of like the the Patriots who kind of do things outside the box because the Bucs lose all the goddamn time. Here we go. Five to eight new playoff teams in 21 of the last 23 seasons. Five to eight new playoff teams in 21 of the last 23 seasons. So every year, everybody has a chance. Okay, there was seven new teams last year alone. It doesn't seem that way, but Chargers, Colts, Ravens, Texans, Bears, Cowboys, Seahawks were all out of the playoffs the year before. And in 2017, there was eight new teams. So this thing turns over. So it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for the Buccaneers to make the playoffs. Listen to me. I'm not ready to bet my house on it, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Because there's there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of talent. Bruce Arians didn't come out of retirement to coach a team void of talent. There's a lot of talent here. Whether you can teach them to win or lose, and that's the big that's the problem. Or that's the issue. Or that's the big question. So let's hope that Bruce Arians knows what the hell he's talking about. You guys have to take advantage of a new sponsor. It's actually been sponsoring for a little while now, Twillery. Twillery makes some unbelievably comfortable shirts. And for a limited time, you get use a promo code Beckles, that's B-E-C-K-L-E-S, and you will get $25 off one of your shirts. So you want to go to Twillery.com backslash Beckles. That's Twillery.com backslash Beckles. What is Twillery? Basically, they make shirts that don't wrinkle, itch, or sweat. It's 2019. And all those things are unnecessary now. And uh, once again, they offer non-iron, untuckable, and professional uh, dress shirts for as low as $55. Uh, free shipping and returns. You know, you want to try it on. The fabric is just different. It feels amazing. I'm just, I, I got one the other day, and the fabric just feels a little bit different. Here's a suggestion for you guys out there. The Friday shirt. It feels like a polo, and it looks like a dress shirt. Style and comfort come to kind of come together, and they've combined the fine details of a tailored shirt with the best elements of a favorite polo shirt. So that's definitely my suggestion. Um, it's a beautiful shirt. Like I said, their fabric is fantastic. So take advantage of these guys out there go to twillery.com backslash beckles use that promo code and you'll get 25 dollars off of your shirt take advantage if you guys ever want to uh, email me it's ian beckles at radioinfluence.com uh, i have a, a question here from greg d cruz um i know you were on some buccaneer teams that has lots have a lot of losses uh, yeah uh but strong leadership was there was still there because of players like Tony Mayberry and Paul Gruber. How did your team stay focused despite the losing and bad coaches you had to endure? First of all, I don't know how strong our leadership was. I mean, like Tony Mayberry and Paul Gruber are some silent leaders. They don't say, I don't, I've never seen either Tony or Paul ever say anything in front of the team. Never, never. So, and that's not always leadership. Leadership is more, 
I'm going to be out there on Sunday. I'm going to play hard to me. We didn't have enough Tony Mayberry's and Paul Gruber's. We didn't have enough on either side of the ball. We had a lot of youngsters, our coaching, like from Ray Perkins to Richard Williamson. I don't know if the, the, the knowledge was there coach-wise. When Sam White got here, he was a little too sketchy for me. Um, and then we were starting to put some players together, and it just never never happened. Not the years that I was here. When Tony Dungy got here, he he definitely took care of the rest. So I'm not sure we had enough leaders at that time. We were starting to get a little, quite a few when I was leaving. But while you know, in the main part of my career in the early 90s, definitely didn't have enough leadership. Now, speaking of leadership, uh, I had to endure many years of everybody ta- telling me how much of a leader Gerald McCoy was. Now, now that Gerald McCoy's gone, I believe he is showing his colors. I believe that a lot of things that I've been saying are coming to fruition because he certainly is not a leader. He don't give a rat's ass about his organization and he loves to be slighted. He loves Gerald. Gerald loves Gerald. I've never been around. And if, if, if you think I'm wrong, please come at me with it. But good players don't have to tell you they're good. I've never heard it ever. I never heard a good player have to tell us he's good. And this, he, Gerald McCoy is one of a kind. Okay. Obviously, he, he was released. They brought in Dominican Sue. That would hurt my feelings if I think I'm better than some. Because all Buccaneer fans, the whole time Gerald played, always said Gerald McCoy was better than Dominican Sue. And I said, no goddamn way. So your organization and mine went out and cut Gerald McCoy and brought in Dominican Sue. So what is the organization? Who did the organization think was better? The same person I thought was better. Okay. And you're going to see why he's a difference maker. Gerald was, I don't know what he was, but he definitely wasn't what everybody thought he was. And he definitely what, what he thought he was. I want you guys to listen to this. Okay. This was on an interview and you tell me what's wrong with this statement from Gerald McCoy. When Warren Sapp, John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Leroy Salmon, and Rondé Barber, when all those guys left, nobody wore their number, McCoy said. They didn't give their number away, and it was a sign of respect. Well, six Pro Bowls, uh, four-time All-Pro, this is Tampa Bay, and I'm I'm one of the best players to ever play in this organization. I'm going to say it. Usually I wouldn't. Bullshit. But I'm going to say it. So what? It kind of shows the respect and how they feel about me. I think it does. Now, let's start dissecting that a little bit, that little statement right there from Gerald McCoy. First of all, here's your problem, Gerald. You just named Sapp, Lynch, Brooks, Leroy Selman, and Rondé Barber. What do those guys have that isn't in common with you, Gerald? Let me ask. They're all Hall of Fame candidates. You're not. You are not. I don't know if Lynch and Barber get in, but they're candidates. You think Gerald McCoy is going to be a candidate to be a, a Hall of Famer? Nope. <laughs> We're talking about should he belong in the ring of honor? You think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? Why? Whose statistics are they going to compare him to? And what was the result 
oh, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he didn't have more sacks or more tackles than anybody. And every one of the defenses he on was sucked. And he just happened to be the best guy on a shitty defense. That's it. That's it. And I looked up. I looked up Joe McCoy's career, nine years with the Buccaneers. You know who I compared it to? Brad Culpepper, okay? Brad's a friend of mine. I played with Brad, okay? Brad, what, and this is not in, um, this is not disrespecting Brad. Where was Brad on the hierarchy of that defense that we won a Super Bowl with? Where was he? Okay? Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, Hardy Nickerson, Rondé Barber, John Lynch. He wasn't better than those guys. He had his role, but he wasn't better than those guys. Gerald McCoy's statistics are similar to Brad Culpepper's statistics. So if Gerald McCoy played in that defense with all those guys, we wouldn't have brought his gas darn name up. He'd have been Greg Spires. And for Joe McCoy to say he is one, this is his words now, I'm one of the best players to ever play an organization, bullshit. What, what did you do? You didn't even play a playoff game. How can you be the best something and not play a playoff game? Isn't that essential? Don't you need some statistics that rival some of the other players? You don't have that. And for him to be so disrespected, you know the word respect? You have to earn that shit. Nobody has to respect you. And Gerald McCoy was so upset that the organization didn't call him in the offseason. Why? I mean, I started here for seven years. Didn't say a word. When I was done here, you know what happened? You know, you know how, how I exited the Buccaneers? Not, I, just, I was just gone. They just, I was just gone. Nobody, there was no fanfare. There was no call. There was no thank you. Tony Mayberry started here for nine years. When he was done, it was just done. Well, I don't know what Gerald McCoy thought we were going to do, have a parade for his punk ass. For what? He is so slighted and so disrespected. Boy, I've never seen somebody that warrants respect. Boy, I tell you what. Are you begging for respect? And then you're going to go to Carolina and say, I'm home and expect for these fans to think that you were whatever you are. Cause when it's all over, he's going to come back here and he's going to want to retire a Buccaneer and say, this is, this is my home. I love these. Forget the hell out of here. Seriously. And nobody's, nobody needs to respect your ass for what? Never seen somebody to me. He's the most overblown athlete I've ever seen. And I've never met him. I've never met him. But if I have to hear 10 more times how good of a person he was, I don't give a rat's ass. Listen, if you, if you can give me 15 sacks, go kick a puppy, okay? Go kick a effing puppy, all right? I don't need guys that are, you know, picking guys up and are the nicest guys on the field. That's not the leader on the defense. Since when? Since when that become the leader of a defense? Come on, man. That's not football. That's not football. I need a dude that wants to knock somebody out and then next time they get the ball, knock him out again. Not apologize. He's an apologizer. No way. And all the people that thought he was this loyal guy, he's backstabbing him on the way out. So all I said the whole time, this dude is not a real cat. And he's not. He's not a real dude. Because it's all about him and now you see it. I hope you. he's not on our team anymore. She don't have to fake it anymore. Now that you see it, Acknowledge it. He's not a real dude. 
And on the way out, a lot of other people saying he ain't a real dude as well. If anybody ever wants to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. I always appreciate talking to you guys. got to get all that stuff off my chest. Also, we're going to be talking uh, usually a lot of football on the Ron and Ian Show, 95.3 FM and 620 uh, WDAE every day from 3 to 7. So tune us in. Got a lot of other uh, podcasts as well. I appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, football never ends, everybody. This has been In the Trenches. Have a wonderful week and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence.